Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. And hi, it's David from the Practical Guitarist. And Jim from the Practical Guitarist. If you didn't know, that's what the name of the podcast is. Uh, oh yeah. You probably heard that in the intro. Don't know. Maybe you skip it. Whatever. I would. Are you a regular listener? Or Why not? Man. Subscribe to the Practical Guitarist using your chosen podcast app. Take the time to put in a review with the service where you found our podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Get involved. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash practical guitarist. You can also find us on Twitter as at sign pract guitarist. And if you're interested uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, we have launched a threadless store at practical And now we have Patreon, which is available, <laughs> I believe, at patreon.com slash practical guitarist. And I will put the actual link in the show notes. So uh, if you'd like to reach out to us directly, you, as always, you can do so at questions at practicalguitarist.com. So before we move on, I want to make it really clear we're, um, we're moving into the next phase of this podcast. And uh, I want to thank Jason Fuzzmonger for uh, being our first Patreon donor at some amount of money that I'm not going to mention. Uh, we will probably unpublish that number, but uh, if you really want to look, you can go look right now. <laughs> it's like it's at least fifty cents. Yeah, yeah. So we have. Let me let me go over the pay, the the uh, Patreon donor levels while we're here, uh, just because I can, and they're yep. funny. Okay, so we have level one, which is basic support. That means you support the show, you keep our lights running, and thanks for that. That is one dollars to five dollars. At $5, you become a super supporter. We've got you on speed dial. You keep the content going, and with your help, we can keep it flowing. And then we have our $10 tier, which is known as the patron of the dark arts. Of our dark arts, rather. And if you have our ear, if you want something talked about, we'll make it so. Patrons of our dark arts get access to content early when possible, too. And we'll buy you a beer. Uh, and then the final tier on is, Amazon and a beer on Amazon. No, we're gonna, buy you, we're gonna buy you a beer in person when we see you. So that means we have to be in the same vicinity with reasonable accuracy. We'll, we'll work with you. So, and then the the last tier, and this is the one that everybody should be donating at. By the way, it's the five hundred dollar tier, and <laughs> basically, this is the devil will know. Okay, and what that means is if you pay us five hundred dollars a month. We'll come to your location, and we'll hang out with you. Then that means if I have to get on a plane and go there, I'll I'll get on a plane and I'll go there. Like I'm not I'm not kidding. I'll bring my guitar. Probably bring a probably bring some sort of gun to deal with the stalker, and uh, <laughs> that'll be that. So I don't think you'll be able to bring. That. No, that that won't come on the plane. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that whole TSA thing. So the toilet. The toilet safety agency. With, with all fairness, we do have the uh, we do have these tiers. Um, a lot of the benefit you get from this show is completely free, and literally, we're, we've been struggling to come up with the tiers 
because we want to make sure that you guys get something for your money. So right. um, if that means we have to be more open and available, we'll do that. But at this point, this is this is the best we can come up with. If you guys have got other suggestions or options, I'm going to be reading up and seeing what other people are doing to kind of give us some better ideas of how we can how we can provide how we can you know what we're explicit how we can whore ourselves out for you. So that's right. <laughs> that's right. And we're not above whoring ourselves out. Nope, not at all. Isn't that what nope. this podcast is? That's exactly what a podcast is. You know, I want to say something that our listenership is growing. We appreciate it, and. Uh, like I said, if there's anything positive or negative that you need to be able to say or you'd like to be able to say, please do. We're totally we open not, to it. That's right. We've We're made changes gonna... to the show because people have told us things. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. That's absolutely right. And people tell us things. And so um, some of those things are good and some of those things are bad. But, you know, in the um, grand scheme of things, um, uh, for the most part, there's been so much positive review and so much positive uh, feedback. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I want to say this with you on here. You know, you work so hard getting this together. We do this twice a week. So David David does prep work um, and post work every week, twice a week. And it's hours and hours. Oh, yeah. And I just sit here and run my mouth. And then I say, hey, thanks. And I go to bed. <laughs> the Jim, Jim's full of shit on that, too, by the way. Jim's doing some stuff, too. But uh, there's a lot of work that goes into in, into running a podcast, and and I didn't realize it when we first started. I figured, oh, we just sit down and we'll talk and we'll record it and we'll just post it. But there, that's kind I of mean, the way it was in the beginning, you know. Lighting I mean, up, in the beginning, we didn't up. care. We didn't care about lighting. We used shitty microphones. There was no real audio care. You know what I mean? Well, I think what happens, and this is just based on my my talking with other podcast hosts, is that you. Go through this period where everything is complicated and you're making it more complicated. And then all of a sudden, like everything shrinks back to normal and you're like, all right, because it just becomes it becomes commonplace. Like right now, I mean, even the use of condenser mics, uh, at least one podcast that I know of, they've gone back to using dynamic mics because they said dynamic mics are if if you're comfortable with the microphone now, you don't need the you don't need the the uh, large diaphragm condenser to ca- you know capture your voice around the microphone it's it's less even and it allows you to control the environment better so yeah. it's just little stuff like that like we're not comfortable doing everything we we need to do to do this show yet i mean yes we're at 50 episodes we have not hit a year yet yeah we're a lot of con- a lot of other podcasts 50 episodes would definitely be pretty much close to a year i mean once a week 52 weeks a year and we're at 50 episodes, and we're, um, what, seven months into this? Eight months? Yeah, we're at 50-something episodes. I think we're like 54 yeah. or 55 now. I haven't, I haven't yeah. counted in a while. And by bringing two episodes a week, and we don't want to bore you with this um, any longer, by bringing you two episodes a week, we hope that the content is something that you're enjoying. Um, and we, we hope to be that, that ear. You know, I, I was thinking about this, and this is finally content. I was thinking about this as I was driving in today. Instead of having to listen to the radio, and no offense to the music, unfortunately, a lot of radio stations now are, you know, as Dan was, as Don was talking about on our earlier podcast this week, um, their music is shoved down their throats. Yeah. And so we're getting um, nothing but crap fed to us, right? Where now we can pay, I mean, when you think about it, Patreon, if you, all you did was support the channels you liked in Patreon, you would still pay less. Then you pay for um, satellite TV. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, 
I mean, and honestly, or satellite. I'm sorry, satellite radio. That's what I meant. We have we have at least 200 people in the group, right? Right. And if everybody gave us, you know, a dime, that would that would pay for the hosting yeah. fees for the month. Yeah. Yeah, literally. So, I mean, when you look at it that way, and as we grow, hopefully those things will change. Um, that will modify. And, and if you think about the other content that we get, we as as um, content um, listeners and watchers, um, if you only supported, say, three or four pot, um, three or four not podcasts, but YouTube channels at five dollars a month, think about it. Your your quote unquote cable bill will be fifteen to twenty dollars. Right. There's no tax. There's no fees on your part. We're not asking you for for transport fees. The cable company is shoving um, 475 channels down your throat when you want three. Right. Right. And, and I'm just saying that now people can consume their, uh, you know, their listening and their um, watching uh, uh, entertainment, video and, and audio entertainment, without having to spend a pile of money. Right. I think that's a pretty good thing. Right. So let's move on. We're, we've read our telethon long enough. Um, <laughs> we, Thank you, Jerry Lewis. You can get out of the building now. We, we appreciate all of you. Hey, Jerry. We appreciate all of you, and that's why we that's why we do this. So anybody who wants to write in and give us commentary, criticism, ask questions, like you will fuel this show. That's that's how we work. So that being said, um, and that seems to be my catchphrase as of late, by the way. Uh, we got some what's news this week, right? I mean, we didn't yep. we didn't cover the. Uh, I mean, we did via the the YouTube channel yeah. the big yeah. what's new. Uh, before we go on, Jim has officially resigned yeah. his post as a uh, year of no gear guy. Uh, <laughs> he he has lost. Let's 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 just all be honest here. However, to his credit, no, never mind. <laughs> I lost. It's as simple did, as that. Did. You got a hell of a consolation that, prize, though. I think that the way you have to look at this is this. You know, I, I tried to get that trim for you so that you could have a no scratch. You worked trim, super hard to get me that trim, Jim. I'm, which, by the way, has got has to go to a box. You've got to send me your dress. But oh. um, and now you're telling me, oh, I lost. Wait a minute. I think I'm the winner. <laughs> if you see that beautiful blue SG, you know you're a winner. Well, that pillow blue man. Do you know who's the winner? I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jim. Do you know who really is the winner? The podcast, yeah. because now I can move on with these fuzz demos, and I can go buy the other stuff I need to finish the shootout. Absolutely. But that being said, um, I have to come up with a system by which that stuff does not enter into my regular rig because I'm still doing Year of No Gear. I plan on carrying through with my promise of not buying frivolous gear for myself for a year. So. Yep. We can still have our regular updates. There is a new hashtag, though. There's a hashtag for, for anybody who's interested. It's yeah. uh, get Jim on the wagon. <laughs> get Jim back on the wagon. Hashtag get Jim back on the wagon. Um, so I didn't even wait till August 3rd. It's terrible. I was going to wait till August 3rd, but the guy had mentioned something about a flake that wanted to wait 10 days. Pay him like you hmm. lasted 22 days, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost there. 22 days. Hey, hey, uh, hey let, let's be honest, though. How many people in this group, when we told them we were going to do this, like just straight up had a panic attack? Oh, yeah. I, were, I, I, 
when I was at Gear Fest and I was telling people I'm doing this after Gear Fest, they were like, how are you going to do it? And I'm like, it's easy. I'm going to keep my wallet in my pocket. You know, like, yep. it's not it's not that hard. I, I, but admittedly, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, it still is. You're not done if you go a full year. No, I'm not done. I'm not even close. I'm not even looking at myself as being done. But that being said, I can loosen up the reins a little bit because the competition's over. So, I mean, if I want to bring in something for the show, I can do that. But it just, right. I got to be, like, for my own personal mindset, I got to keep it out of my gear, you know? Right. And so one of the things that I think people want to uh, take from this is, so David has been doing um, some fuzz shootouts. And if you've been watching the videos, um, wow, he got a, he got a dislike before he got any likes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I really pissed somebody off. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess you pissed at somebody's Wheaties over their um, their love for the uh, uh, band of gypsies. All right, all right. Sure they so I have. All right, so let, let let me get the background. So we so I started out. I I was going to do this thing called Fuzz Facts, and I'm still doing it. Uh, fuzz Facts is basically like we're going to take fuzz pedals and we're going to take a closer look at how you use fuzz because I think fuzz is the only only dirt section that still has people divided. Like. A lot of people are like, I don't like fuzz, and I'm not just saying you, Jim, but but like, there's people out there like, no, fuzz is stupid, it's pointless. Yep. And I, I want to kind of dispel that myth and show different ways that you can use it because I think that the tendency is when you when you get a fuzz pedal in the store and you try it out, like yep. it's just to do those crazy like over compressed, over distorted tones, and there's so much more to it than that. So, um, I I have every intention of continuing the fuzz fact series and. I started out, I only had the uh, the Band of Gypsies fuzz, which I had received as a gift around Christmas last year. And um, lo and behold, uh, I ordered the Sunface right before we did Year of No Gear. We started Year of No Gear, and yep. uh, I got that thing. All right, so the first video is just the, just the Band of Gypsies, and you can see it's, it's a fuzz face. Like, it, it operates like a fuzz face. It's not actually a fuzz face, because we'll get to that in a minute. So I did the, um, the Sunface shootout, or I did the Sunface yep. video, where I went through all the stuff on there and I, I put together even a uh, composed track so that you can see how it sits in a mix and what you can do with it. Um, and then I did, and this is the one that got people. I did the comparison between the two and I'm going to do this versus videos, but they're going to be shorter and they're just going to have subtitles. I don't think I'm actually going to do any commentary on them because that's more for in depth. Like let's talk about this pedal. Um, the versus video uh, compared the band of gypsies and the Sunface and um, I didn't get a lot of traction at first when I posted it. I got I got like four views last night, but one of them was a dislike, like Jim said. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So the plot thickens. I go to the gear page today, right? And I'm and I'm promoting the show. I mean, it's obvious I'm promoting the show, but I'm also asking questions too. And I said, all right. So I did this video. Give me give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down depending on what you like. Like, let me know how you feel about it. Uh. Is it worth getting the other Fuzzface minis to compare? Because that's that's been the, the mindset all along, was to get them all. Uh, and somebody somebody posted, they said, well, technically the Band of Gypsies is not a Fuzzface. And I'm like, well, Dunlop seems to think it is. And I said, I know it's based on an Octavia. With, without the, um, in, in the Octavia, there's a uh, transformer that, that helps handle the, the, upper, uh, the uh, upper octave. Which you get about the 12th fret. So, what I did is I looked at the schematic, and holy hell, it's not. It's got three transistors. Fuzzface only has two. It's got about half, it's got about twice as many components. 
believe it or not, well, which is like 18 components. <laughs> yep. Some stupid low number like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it, okay, so what we don't appreciate also is transistors have t- continually gotten smaller. Oh, yeah. You know, and there was a time when you could pull out a transistor and you could look at it, and it was, you know, not not quite as big as, you know, your earbuds. Now, you could put a transistor, you know, in, you know, you could put a few transistors in your fingernail. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they're still making the fuzz face circuits, even the minis, they're discrete components. Because those boards are so damn small, they should have been that small to begin with. Like, that pedal is a dinner plate. And it's a dinner plate with a board on it that's the size of, like, a matchbook. I mean, it's it's absurd. It makes no sense why they did that. Um, oh, I think so. I think it was so that stoners and drunks could see it. It was a market. It was a marketing thing too, because it looks yeah. like a flying saucer. It looks like a smiley face. There's a couple of things yeah. they did there that were kind of cool. Um, but nevertheless, so now I know I've got to get the germanium one. Like I have to because now people are like, "Well, this is not really a fair comparison because you took the one that's basically an Octavia and you compared it to the Sun thing." All right, fine. Fuck you. I'm gonna go get the, I'm gonna go get the germanium one, and then we're gonna play, and we're gonna see which one's better. Because I, I can guarantee you right now, I played the germanium, I played the the silicon version too. Yep. I've also played the Hendrix one. Uh, I've owned the Hendrix one, and I gotta say, this Sunface just clobbers them all, just clobbers them. It's it's absurd. Yeah. So, uh, we're we'll get to that. We're gonna we're gonna do that. But I have a feeling that has something to do with why I got that dislike. Was like somebody's like, well, this is technically not a fuzz face anyway. It cleans up well, just like one. It acts like one. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it that way, I, okay, you got me. Yeah, it's like, but but even Dunlop's Uh-oh. marketing like one. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And if Dunlop is out there, Dunlop. If Dunlop is out there going, hey, see this, you know, this thing. It's a it's a fuzz face, and it's not a fuzz face. Don't turn around and then say, hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, neither does Dunlop. So you know what I mean. If anybody else wants to see some pedal comparisons like that, I have um, Good Time Music, and I and I probably should promote this. I don't pedals over here. So I can pull it up and we can look at it. I they gave me uh, their end of the world fuzz to demo for the for the podcast. Um, Good Time Music is my local music store. I've mentioned him on the show before. Uh, I'd like to have Pat on at some point. He's the he's the owner operator of the place, and uh, he has these pedals commissioned by a local builder. And they're fantastic. I actually have their compressor, and I've played this thing before, too, so I kind of know what to expect, but uh, it's more of a muffy thing. Um, I want to do some muff stuff, too, because I've got several different muff-style pedals. But I think you can get lost in the minutia of how many different types of muff there are out there. I mean, there's literally, there's probably 100 or 130 different, like, factory muffs that came out of EHX over the years. So just, just to, like, stop and take, you know, take prize all that is it's kind of crazy it, it, to put it in retrospect um the even the fuzz face has probably 20 or 30 variations over the years just different circuits built by different people because it started out with like i think it was dallas arbiter originally um so yeah so I, we're gonna get to that stuff too if there's any other pedals you guys want me to shoot out um i'm i'm gonna get soul food too as soon as I can find a, one at a decent price, because I'm going to start yep. shooting out clones as well. And I'm not a huge clone guy, but I I played enough of them that I can say, generally speaking, they're, they're all very different. Like, everybody's idea of what the clone is supposed to sound like is just completely different. 
Um, the best one I played is actually Good Time Music's. So I'm ho- he's already told me to lend me one. So once I get uh, a Soul Food to shoot it out with, then we'll we'll go from there. Soul Food Jim is the uh, EHX clan. So yep. if you didn't know, yeah, yeah, I've seen the um, there's Plimp Soul. And Flim- so um, I'm just not a big. Obviously, I'm not a big fuzz guy. Um, but well, the clan's not a fuzz. That's a drive. The thing is that if anybody, yeah, I know. I think that if anybody was going to send me pedals, it would be fuzz, or I mean, dry pedals. And to be honest with you, there's so many people doing great dry pedal things, but not really a whole lot of people are doing fuzz. Can we can we stop and we talk about dry pedals for a minute? Yeah. All right. So dry pedals, like how many freaking tube screamer clones do we need? Right. We gotta get we gotta get Adam Dolhanik on this show, and and it's he's been on my short list of people to get on this show for a while. He has a, a website where he, he talks about the JHS controversy, and I'm not going to go too deep into that. But JHS is one of these companies, and they've produced a lot of Tube Screamer variants. And then they came out with this thing called the Bonsai, which has, if I recall, it's it's got a knob on it that allows you to select like every variation of the Tube Screamer um, that's been released. And, of course, Earthquaker Devices has their... Um, they have their this is Palisades or something like that. No, it's the, the Dunes is the smaller one, the Palisades. That's basically a tube screen with a bunch of mods, and you yep. flip a knob to get different mods. Um, both are really cool concepts, but it's like the fact that those pedals exist should make it really clear to everybody that the Tube Screamer is overdone. Yeah, I can guarantee you, if I go on the gear page right now and troll around for a minute, I will find a new fuzz face from some build, or not fuzz face, a new uh, tube screamer from some builder this week. Yeah. It's yeah. just gonna happen. Same thing with clones. They blew up too. Now everything's a clone clone. Oh, you know, so um, a friend of mine, and I, um, proof of this was that a few months ago he had it up for sale um, that I played with. He had a clone that I didn't know, and he didn't know what he had. Yeah. Um, because he bought it when yeah when you it was bought when you bought it from Bill Finnegan they're like two hundred thirty dollars or something when yeah you sell it yeah recently. I mean he just knew he liked it it was a decent pedal and he purchased it well, be now fair. go ahead yeah go ahead no you 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 go ahead I'm, no I'm just saying that he, so he purchased it based on the fact that it was good but it wasn't a clone a clone a clone a clone of anything so what's the big deal um you know my problem is. It's not just in in pedals. It seems like every guitar is a clone of another guitar. You know, there's very few um, quote unquote original guitars. I mean, Paul Reed Smith has an original um, body shape in the custom field. Now you get into the single cut, and we can talk about how it looks like a Les Paul day, and so on and so forth. Ibanez has their look. I mean, not really a lot of people, but. It's like it seems like every company that's trying to get their foothold in this stuff has a clone, and the problem is right now. I mean, even Ibanez is cloning their own pedals. Yeah, they're they're making Tube Screamer knockoffs. They're not yeah. knockoffs because Ibanez, um, but they are knockoffs. That's just it. Let's let's take another company, have them make a, clo- a, a Ibanez Tube Screamer clone, and then give our name to it. We'll put our name on it. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that's. So, I even see like Boss as you yeah. know they they were kind of looking at the Tube Screamer design when they made the SD one, uh, the Super Overdrive, and you know it, that sound that pedal sounds pretty drastically different. 
but that's because they added some things to the circuit. But again, that's what, like, so I can see both sides of this argument. Everybody who goes, oh, there's, you know, a million different tube screamers, but they all have mods to them. Well, okay, but when does a mod stop being a mod and start being a completely different design? Because, like, I would definitely say the Super Overdrive has characteristics of a of a tube screamer in it. It definitely does. Like the tone control and all that kind of stuff seems almost identical. Um, but because of the clipping stages being different, it's a drastically different pedal. And I actually had this discussion with uh, one of the guys from Function Effects a while back when I asked him. Uh, they make a pedal called the Third Rail. Yep. And uh, I was having a conversation with with one of the designers, and I said, you know. What is the third rail based on? Like, where did it come from? Where did it descend from? And he said, well, he's like, actually, it's kind of my own thing. Like, he's like, there's a little bit of DOD 250 in here. There's a little bit of Tube Screamer. There's, um, you know, he's like, I, I took inspiration from a lot of different things. So I think that mashup approach is probably a little bit more viable. Um, But again, you got guys like Analog Man, Analog Mike Pira, uh, yep. who... He he's no joke. Like his business is based on the fact that I can do the do it the way that they did it originally. And I'm not just talking about tube screamers, but like pretty much everything he does. And then I can take it one step further and make it better than it was originally. Whereas all these other companies that have tried to do that over the years, their idea of better is making it cheaper or, or, and maybe improving quality yep. through through something. But like not if it if it screws their bottom line. Whereas Right. Analog Man just says, hell, I'll just charge more for it. Yeah. Like, that's fine, you know. Um, and I, it, they are proof that it will still sell. So somebody asked me uh, in the, the gear page thing that I posted about my video, they asked me, I said, well, what do you think, I mean, who do you think is the target market for the uh, Sunface that I bought? And I said, well, it's a professional market. Like I don't, I don't really see what he does aimed at anybody but somebody who's got these vintage things that they that they already own and they know they're great and they've used them on the road for years and they're breaking and then they're sitting there going, I gotta have a replacement that sounds just like it. That's when you go to somebody like him or you go to somebody like Brian Wampler or or Keeley and you yep. say, Hey, I need you to mod this pedal to be like this other one. Right. So, I, you know, again, we we're we're living in the golden age. Uh, and I was having this discussion yeah. with, with Sean Wright via private message. We're living in the golden age of pedals right now. Anything you could possibly want a pedal to do, either it's coming in the next year or two, or it's yeah. already happened. And it's not expensive to get them, and it's not hard to get them either. Um, I fear, because so many of these guys are operating out of their garage, that we're going to see the market shrink. Because... I don't see how the sales market is going to continue at the same pace as the amount of guys selling it. it it's the same thing yeah. as like the microbreweries. You know, everybody's been saying for years that market's going to crash. There's so many microbrewers and, you know, only so many people that will continue to just like buy all these different beers and stuff. And at some point it's going to be, there's going to be oversaturation of the market. Yeah. And we're going to lose. Um, I mean, I don't care about the microbreweries. I, I drink Sam Adams, but we're going to lose a certain um, uh, section um, of the market um, of sales. And, and innovators are only going to innovate, as you spoke to earlier, so much for so little money. 
So not everybody can be analog Mike. Not everybody can say, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to charge more. But not everybody can be Brian Wappler. Um, somebody is going to be, you know, the loser. And um, the other thing we've never had the way we have right now is the number of people who know these folks, you know, in the community. Yeah. A- and when I say that, you know, when I grew up, I didn't know who the hell was behind a pedal. Yeah. He, I mean, just the fact that we're, we're talking about when Dunlop hired George Trips. Like, right. wait, wait a minute, what? Like, how the hell do we even know who George Trips is? Right. Like, that's just and a why do we weird care? situation. Exactly. But we do know, and we do care. And because we know them, we know them, we know their names, sometimes we know them personally. Yeah, I think, I think personality is a huge, huge thing, but I think also knowing that, like, George Trips obviously knows his stuff. Like he's been designing stuff for twenty right. years. He's he's built pedals like the the way huge Red Llama and stuff like that, which are highly sought after. You know, go for hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars um, used. Somebody with that knowledge, that amount of knowledge that allows him to design a pedal and and implement a pedal like that. Uh, and same thing with Analog Mike. I mean, he's been he's been building and modifying stuff for so long. He can literally tell you things like. Oh yeah, you know the spec sheet for the for the you know for the fuzz faces AC one twenty eight transistors. Well, they never use them. Like I've never I've never in my years of of working and modifying people's circuits ever opened one and found AC one twenty eight. Like that's the kind of stuff that everybody else is. Hey, you can go right now. You can go on Sweetwater or or Guitar Center. And you can buy a fuzz face with AC one twenty eight in it, and they're like, yep. "Oh, this is authentic." No, it's not. Because you're just building off the schematic, but that's not what they actually ended up using. Like, right? It's just it's a whole thing, and and so we 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 want these guys with the knowledge, right? So your Robert Keeley's, your uh, yep. who who is a professor of electronic engineering, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know your Robert Keeley's, your your Brian Wobblers, who's you know indie guitarist fame. He he started modifying pedals, and now is is almost godlike at it, and uh, you know. All of those guys that came from that generation like have this wealth of knowledge, and maybe they're sharing it with people like Zvax and stuff like that. But we we look for these personalities because we know those guys know their shit. They're they, they're, yeah. I mean, their whole reputation is built on that. Yeah. So I think that's why I think it's why it's gotten personal. I mean, honestly, Dunlop that was a huge sales thing for them. Like we hired George Trips, and by the yeah. way. A lot of the MXR stuff now is designed by George Trips. They yeah. won't tell you that. Like the uh, MXR Classic Fuzz. Yeah, that's the George Trips circuit. Like, he designed that pedal. And that and, and it doesn't have a way huge, you know, uh, name on it. But he he made it for them. They they He works there, you know. He has his line of pedals he does too, but he also works on their other stuff. Um, and that guy, that guy, so even though... People know who he is. He does not have the same level of like clarity and status with a lot of people today that somebody like uh, Robert Keeley does, for example. Yeah, and no real right well, reason for that. Yeah, no. But we, you know, again, what I was getting at here is though that that we didn't care, and now we care. We care yes. about them as people. Oh, he's a nice dude. Yeah, I think we, some people. I think know? some people. I think some people Honestly. do. 
I think some I mean, people do. I mean, I, I I don't find myself going like I know people have this. The the, the classic example is Mike Fuller of Full Tone. Yep. People hate him, and he has had some pretty nasty conversations with people that have leaked out via email and stuff. Uh, Mike Fuller, to you know, I don't know him, so I'm not going to say a whole lot of horrible shit. But he's he's been nasty to some of his customers. And uh, like, but we don't know. We, the problem is we don't always know what led right, up. Right, exactly. That's where I was going with this. And so, you know, if you've ever had somebody poke, 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 poke until you just can't stand it, and you just say, "Shut up," you know, you just blow up at them. It's unfortunate. It happens. But you know, and then that becomes that. Unfortunately, that one oh shit, as we used to call it in the Navy, becomes y- your defining moment. No, and it should be. There are two exceptions to people not caring about the people that are selling their stuff that have existed for quite a while, to my knowledge. Um, one is Roger Mayer, uh, who's been producing pedals for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, you know, 10 years after Hendrix's death or something, he had a pedal company. People were buying him because they knew Roger Mayer was involved. Right. Um, and then the other guy, again, that's a knowledge sale. You know, they know Roger Mayer knows the stuff because he was building them for, for Jimmy. At least he knew about, you know, those sounds. Yep. And then the um, the other example is Pete Cornish. Right. Who? Oh, yeah, Cornish. No, come on. I don't think he was super well-known to everybody, but at least for the Rigs of the Stars, I mean, look at oh, David yeah. Gilmore, how much stuff Gilmore had built <laughs> from Cornish. it. Cornish, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, that's where I know the name from. Yeah. But, um, well, he yeah. he built for a lot of people. Oh yeah, uh, I knew Brian, from- Brian May. Brian May. Yep. Um, and he was building boards. Like what he was doing is he's taking stuff. So you you had a bunch of effects. Like he would just take the boards and stuff them into his like box, and you'd have this roadworthy box to take on tour with you. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're we're in a world. Um, people are going to see Disney World or Disney's movies too. Still, yeah. they go to Disney World. Sure. Uh, Walt Disney was the biggest racist you could shake a stick at. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he made he made uh, Roseanne Barr look like you know, um, name name a liberal who loves everybody. But people are still buying their stuff. I'm just saying that at that point, a lot of people didn't know it. And people didn't know him, so they didn't know about what he was like. And now it's too big. Could you imagine if nobody went to Disney World tomorrow because some of the things they knew about Disney? I mean. So it's a it's a um we're in a different planet. So people have to put on a face. And that doesn't mean you know, have you ever you ever seen um after someone finds out that they had a siller, serial killer in their midst? Or yeah, when they like, found out that we, the next door neighbor he was, was the hiding. nicest guy. <laughs> yeah. They, That's they, what all um, my neighbors say. Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, people were, oh he was such a you know, he was so quiet and you know, never thought anything was weird with that guy. Oh, you didn't have a sandwich with him, I hope. I mean, the point is that, you know, you've got this world of people that we think we know. We don't really know them until you live with someone. You don't know them. And even even some of these people, they hide stuff from their wives. So I'm just saying, I I never assume that I know a person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can. So. I know other podcasts, and I'm not. I'm not trying to burst their balloon or anything. Um, who have met these people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they're good dudes," and like, you know, we hang out and whatnot. And that may be true, but there's also a business relationship there too. 
And I'm not right. saying that's tainting things, but it could. And yeah. and what I think the bigger issue is that they know you're the press. Right. Like, how often do you see, other than our president, do you see people pissing on the press? I mean, it just doesn't happen. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and look at the way he's been treated. Not that, not to say he deserves it or doesn't deserve it. This is not a political podcast. I'm just saying that look at how the press treats him as a result of, of the way yeah. he is to them. So, that being said, I'm not poo-pooing anybody in the podcast no. community from having these relationships with these builders and stuff. No. That's great. Actually, I think it's really cool. Um, and I'm not saying that these people aren't good people. That's no, that's saying. exactly I'm just the opposite. Saying that, right. Exam- we don't know. Use our use our brains and realize that 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 they're on the dark side of the moon because you can't see the inside of their brain, right? Exactly. So, um, wow. We're so we're we're just to give you a heads up, Jim. We're at uh, thirty six minutes and flying. Well, there's blind. something else we haven't talked about <laughs> since we're already since we're already pissing in people's Wheaties. Yeah, let's, let's do it. About, let's talk about the pussy melter. Oh yeah, let's let's that's that's enough of that. All right, so. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much that's it. I mean, first of all, um, it's a tone print. It has a name. Pussy Melter. Jim said it. Um, I, I, I don't know <laughs> if everybody um, re- doesn't remember this, but I remember a, a Van Halen album called OU812. Oh, I, I know. I'm just full of awful carnal knowledge. Full, for unlawful carnal knowledge. <laughs> for unlawful carnal knowledge. Yeah. Can, can, we say, can, one. can we spell out? The acronym? Fuck. So, that's what I'm saying. I mean, come on, people. This stuff, has anybody ever actually seen an interview with with, with, Satchel? um, Satchel? The guy sits there and and does duck face the whole time and and holds up a mirror and looks at how beautiful he is because he's making fun of himself. He's not. Not he's him. Not, not himself. He's parodying, uh, well, parodying all him. of the eighties, seventies, right. like glam metal stuff. Right. The whole glam metal scene. So he is making fun of all that stuff. He knows that that he's not that person. I get it. You know, People are offended. He's an actor. Come on. People are offended by the name, and I like I understand it, and and I, honestly. I, I think I said this in the group. TC Electronics probably shouldn't have allowed it to be put up in the first place. They should have talked at Satchel and been like, look, can we come up with a little bit more politically correct, funny name for your preset? And I'm sure the guy that think- is Satchel would be like, yeah, we'll come up with something else. Actually, the what the butt, what they call the butt something. Yeah. They, yeah. That would have here's- been, because that's gender neutral. Yeah. Right? Here's the, here's the thing that I'm going to say about that. I don't think you could really come up with a gender-neutral, funny name for what they were trying to say. And I, I think that the problem that we have is, I, honestly, I don't think there's a bit of, people can go and rant and rave all they want. I don't think that, that you you brought one person who was going to or goes to or whatever um, uh, supports the the band in any way. They're going to continue. Um, if anything, you lost customers because they're going to be like, "Come on, guys, this you guys are being dicks." Right. Like, and if anything, yeah, the only thing that that has happened has been that the person that stood up, um, actually got. I mean, there's there's threats on this person. Yeah. 
So that's why I said I, I honestly think TC just they they should have prevented this from happening to begin with. Well, all the TC had I'm, to do was say I'm just saying I don't see this is, on their side. This is a Satchel's fault. Okay, right. he did his shtick. Everybody knows what his shtick is, and if that's they didn't right. like it, they shouldn't have gone to Satchel to begin with. Absolutely. But if you're an agnostic or an um, atheist and um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra comes up with a, um, you know, a love of God tone, are you going to come after them too? Where do we draw the line? Where do we say it's not okay? Well, um, I'll AC, tell you. One of my favorite ACDC songs is Girls Got Rhythm. I'm pretty sure I know what the meaning of the song is, but I'll check to make sure. <laughs> All right, all right. So here, here's I, I, I really want to kill this as fast as we can because I did not want to talk about this. But um, this is the only counter argument that I've heard that's actually fairly convincing as to why we should have that that TC Electronics should have revisited that situation. Yep. Would we have felt the same way? And I know what you're going to say because I because I probably agree with you. But would we have felt the same way if they had a uh, an effects pedal preset called the Dick Wiggler? I wouldn't. I thought of, I would have thought it was hilarious. But I watch South Park, so what do I know? But, but would you have used the Dick Wiggler? Well, I don't know if I would have used the Dick Wiggler, only because unless it sounded good. I mean, if it, if it sounded good, why not? Nobody's gonna know. It's not like the tone print shows up on right. the pedal. It's not like yeah. It's not like um, it's only when, in the app. When you switch to it, right? When you switch to it, it says Dick. The, you yeah, know, it the shoots up fireworks that spell out Dick Wiggler. Yeah. <laughs> Or it does like the South Park thing where the guy's wiener falls off. I mean, you know, it's just oh come on. I mean, there's been some great comedy that's come out of this whole controversy though. Uh, yes, per- particularly, has. particularly Ryan Burke's video where he spent yep. like ten minutes just staring at the camera and being like, "Yep, this is what we're gonna do here." And then he has a beer in it, and then he yep. bur- burps a couple times, and he's yep. like, "Seriously, guys?" And then that's like basically the video. I mean, you know. How many times have we sat around um, and said, you know, they could never make X movie, and I don't care, insert movie here, um, again, because of the content of the movie. Right, right. Although it is, one, hilarious, or B, dramatic, or C, horrific, whatever kind of movie it is that you love, they could never do it again because today. Well, we got to stop. Satchel is a comedian doing a comedy. That is his shtick. It just has music in it, but it is hilarity nonetheless. And we and, we, and we've got to look at it that way. And if we if we looked at it that way, I think more people would say, "Eh, it's not such a big deal." Now, of course, I'm not a woman, and I'm not being not all women are offended by it either. And that's the thing. Like we have to remember that that people carry their own baggage to these problems. So Correct. words, I I I. I he may listen. I, I want to clarify what I'm saying very carefully. Um, a particular person I know posted a thing about words being used as weapons, and right. I didn't want to get into it with him because he was he had some real heartfelt things that he said, and I agreed with most of what he was saying. But words aren't weapons, okay? The only thing that gives words power is how we apply meaning to it. So if I say I, I, I'm not going to say anything that would potentially harm anyone. But if I were to say something offensive, it's only offensive because you find it that way. Because you have have put something on top of that word. 
And so that's what goes on here. This is why some women, my wife included, Jody Trevetti, and others, are looking at this controversy and just laughing their asses off. Because they're like, it's stupid. It's just dumb. Nothing there makes sense. And so I totally get it. Like, this whole thing, like, it's just words that have a a certain implied meaning for certain people. And so that's why I kind of look at it and go, look, the only reason they should be censoring this thing is because tone prints are, there's nothing in the tone print user, user agreement that says you have to be 18 or older. Right. And that's the only place that I can say, okay, you shouldn't use that. Right. I, I think there's an age limit on it. And and look, if you're an adult and you go into an adult bookstore and you buy something, look, I'm not, I, I don't judge you. I don't care. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, we have an age limit on that. You're an adult. You can pick what you want. And maybe I find it offensive or not. But the thing is, I'm not going to not gonna go up to you and say, you got to burn that book because you bought it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous. We're kind of coming back to the 80s um, uh, with... Um, yeah, where's Tipper, uh, Tipper Gore? Gore? Where's Tipper Gore at? Where's Tipper this? Gore? You know, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think uh, uh, what's-his-face from Twisted Sister needs to step in and and because uh, what the heck's his name? The lead singer from Twisted Sister. Gosh D- darn it. D- anyway, D. Snyder. D. Snyder. D. Snyder needs to come back and and talk to people and 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 give a um another heartfelt speech. You know. Well, I'm again, just... we give. Like you said, I think we should drop it there. Where we give words power. Right. Every word that has power is because we provide that word with power. And if we don't, it doesn't happen. Frank, Frank Zappa said something, and I was going to look up the quote, but I'm not going to look it up. I'm going to just paraphrase it. And, and this, is, this is what I think of when I think of this stuff. Frank Zappa said, there is no word in the English language that upon hearing it will condemn you to hell automatically. <laughs> there you go. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's where it ends. Yep. Anyway. Moving on. Moving along, how about the swollen pickle? <laughs> All right, so <laughs> you've used I, one of those, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, moving along, we've got to, you know, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, also, um, is uh, so we've got in the world of news. Guitar news. We need we need one of those sound effects. I'm not flying shit like in. I spent so much time editing this damn podcast and still screw it up. I'm not yeah. flying anything in. You got 15 minutes, Jim. Let's go. It's hard. So in guitar news, what kind of guitars are we seeing these days that are that are interesting? Well, the other day I was watching. Um, well, actually, like yesterday I was watching the Trogley show. And oh God, we have to talk about this. Okay, so uh, all right, so I'm not going to say anything negative, but the I guy am. bought that. Remember that SG that had no head? It was a broken headstock, yeah. and they had like the headstock. It looked like it was put in the body. Yeah, he bought that thing. Yeah, he, he showed it. He demoed it. And first of all, it sounded like ass. Was he the me. one? No, he was the. I think he was the owner of it originally and was selling no. it on Reverb. No, he was not the original. He found the original owner. What happened was that I, I no, he wasn't. Broke. You're right. He wasn't the original owner, but he collects yeah. like rare yes. internet instruments. He finds, yeah, he finds weird, weird internet. Yeah. He's the guy you were thinking of, the other right? Guy. Right. And 
So he um, he got this uh, guitar because what happened was um, somebody broke the. I thought the the backstory was interesting. Somebody broke the guitar. Um, they tried to fix it twice, and both times the headstock fell back off. So they didn't do a very good Someone job. Someone clearly does not understand how glue and clamps work. Okay. Yeah, because that <laughs> never should have happened. As a matter of fact, I've I've heard many many stories that when a broken headstock happens and it's repaired, it's stronger than it ever was. Only because, I mean, obviously, you do a lot of support for the headstock to make sure it doesn't re-break. Anyway, long story short, the the headstock broke off a couple times. Um, so they did this silly thing with it, and the guy didn't like it. So he sold it to another guy who was, who wanted an SG for studio stuff, didn't care what it looked like. So he bought it. He hated it. Um, so... It lived with this guy for years, and then, but he only took a picture of it from the front, and this was why um, Trogley bought it, is because he was like, I want to see the back of it, and so he bought it so he could see the back of it, and, he, and so half the video is just showing the front, so he finally see the back of it, and it is not the original headstock; it's just the original veneer from the headstock is put on there, and the back has a little bit of the back of the headstock, and that's it. Yeah, um, but it's a it is a fascinating piece. Here's the thing about Trogley's show. So he buys these weird ass guitars. He buys this, you know, these things that I don't think anybody. How does he sell anything? Who wants this crap? I mean, it's interesting for about three seconds, and then it's crap. Oh, he's going to open a museum. Is he? That I think that's his intention is to is to eventually open a museum where people can go and see these internet monstrosities that have existed over here. I would not be surprised to find out if he has a Wangcaster, for example. Well, uh, you know the one that I've seen a million times on um, online that I would actually play, but I don't know if I'd pay for it, is the uh, Millennium Falcon guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the the bass or whatever. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, somebody finally made a guitar version of that. I just uh, that's the only one. Yeah, and the Millennium Falcon bass is the one that came up first. I think those are the only ones where I would go. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. There's some cool sword guitars out there. I've seen some cool sword guitars. I've never seen any sword guitars. If you guys have seen a weird guitar that you're like, yeah, post it in the group for sure. Post it in the group, and no matter how weird, we love it. We we'll sit and talk about it for an hour or two. It's fine. yeah, exactly. Messed up looking, it is. Post it. So Put it in the group, Jim. Yeah, Jim's go not going to say anything bad about Trogley, and I I I feel remiss because I watched my first Trogley video yesterday and. All right, I'll say it. I'll no, say no, 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 no! I'm gonna do it. I'm taking care of business here. Just, just patience. <laughs> when you wipe a guitar of a, of a vintage age with a piece of paper towel and brown comes off, that is probably a mixture of maybe cigarette smoke, yep. maybe DNA. Yep. But probably mostly the finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paper towel is like sandpaper. <laughs> well, and on these older instruments, I'm correct if I'm wrong, that the, the SG you showed me was like 70s vintage? Yes, it was vintage so, 70s or early 80s. And Oh, yeah, I think it was an 80. It had no clear left on it. No. So no. that was absolutely finished. He was wiping off. And he's yep. sitting there going... Oh, this and then you put it on your black light and goes, look, there's finish. <laughs> look how look how dirty it is. He goes, look how dirty it is. And I'm going, dude, you're wiping the finish off. Like, what are you doing? Who uses a paper towel? Yeah. 
Like, come on, man, live free cloth or something. Shit. So this is a guy that that supposedly knows his shit. I am sure he knows his shit. I'm sure he as does. Far as, Maybe but, I'm wrong. Maybe paper towel won't wipe off finish on a on a 30 year old guitar and it's you know got look, no clear left on it. So for those who don't know, we should probably post the um, link to that. I'll send, I'll resend you the link. Yeah, okay. Um, so it was like a, a faded, but not a faded. It was a walnut SG. So um, it'd been heavily played. That's that's. A heavily played Smoky Bar Walnut SG. Now, I'm a guy who played a lot of Smoky Bars. Matter of fact, every bar was Smoky. Oh, my God, please. And so... You got the black lung. Right. I had to learn how to get rid of smoke on my guitars. So what I did was I learned... I always, always, always carried um, a a lint-free cloth. From a guitar maintenance kit. And I kept a clean one at home. And I had one with me at the gig. The one at the gig obviously had got smoke in it. But I was wiping my sweat off with it. That way my DNA wasn't ruining my finish. And when I got home, I would then take a light amount of guitar cleaner, maintenance cleaner, and just wipe the finish lightly, lightly. But never with a paper towel. Anybody will tell you, if you have a pair of glasses... Yeah, you, you wipe, wipe your paper towel, your glasses are screwed. Right. I mean, that's just that's just 101 that paper towel is like light sandpaper. And so if you take the light sandpaper plus the fact that you've got admittedly old dust and, and particles in there and you're wiping it, you're wiping particles with sandpaper. You're adding sandpaper to the sandpaper. Yeah. So yeah. what you want to be able to do is lift it, not not wipe it around. That's the whole idea behind the, the guitar maintenance stuff. And I just, I, maybe he knows something that I don't know. I, I, I never used that. And I never had a guitar. He says, yeah, it still smells. It still, still smells because you haven't taken anything off. You're just wiping it around. It's like using water to remove grease. You're not doing yeah. anything. Yeah, well, I mean, so wood, it's porous. And if you got right. no clear left on the guitar, no, no clear lacquer on top, that's your protective layer. Right. It's going to absorb cigarette smoke. It may never come completely clean of that cigarette smoke. It, it may not. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, you know, doing what he's doing, that's damaging the guitar. Whether it has anything to do with the cigarette smoke or, or the fact that it's, you know, reacted with the paint over the years or whatever. Why would you do that to to what is essentially a vintage instrument? It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. So... And then, of course, he goes on and he does his whole thing and, like, it's fine. And, you know, get it. Every demo reviewer does their own thing and, like, some guys are better player than others and all that. And I can I can get with that. But when I saw him do the paper towel thing, I went, what in the hell is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. So those of you who do take care of your guitars and, and wipe them down, um, what do you use? I mean, there's there's two sides to this wiping down your guitar thing. There's the side that I take. I like my guitar yeah, to look pristine. Look cl- pristine and clean, right? Yep. I've got um, guitars I've never cleaned, Jim. Yeah. I was going to say, but there, if you want that road-worn look, wiping your guitar off all the time and stuff, probably yeah. not the best thing you can do. I can't turn my camera to show you, but oh, the the S500, my pride and joy. Yep. <laughs> He's never cleaned it. <laughs> <laughs> my son's the same way. His fretboard on his acoustic looks like, oh, my God. I'm looking at my old acoustic, and I, and I was a constant cleaner, 
And the fretboard, I can see all the gunk and DNA. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that happens. Though. Here's, here's the use. So the the thing with the S500, I, I decided not to clean it, though, because I wanted it. I Actually, if I could get the finish to be less glossy, I probably would. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to sit there with, with steel wool or anything to dull it. Because um, the, the one that I wanted it to model after uh, was not glossy like that at all. Um, so... You know, it's just one of those things. Like, eventually, it will it will wear. Even poly wears. I know people are like, "Oh, right. well, your poly guitar will look good twenty years from now." No, eventually, let me, let me tell wear. you, I've seen some poly guitars that look like nitro. <laughs> uh, and the biggest thing is, if you really want that poly to wear down fast, don't wipe it off. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly it, Jim. That's all. I'm not cleaning this thing. Here's here's the thing that some of these guys, um, and it's going to go to the live musician versus in the house musician. If you're sitting around in the house and you're just sitting in a chair and everything is nice and you're not sweating, that's one thing. You're up on that stage, your sweat is like Saturday night when I played, the sweat was pouring off my hair, it was pouring off my arms, it was just my my shirt was literally soaked. I had the front of the guitar sweat, the back of the car was covered in sweat. I was like, "Yep, this is good. This is going to wear this finish out just fine." Now I still wiped it off at the end of the night. Let me tell you something. I I was working that in. You're wanting that pal and blue SG to turn green, aren't you? Oh yeah, that thing is. If it's going to turn green, it's going to turn green because of me. Well, you got to leave it in the sun then. That's what causes it. Because it's yeah. actually the the clear yellows. You know, a lot of those outdoor gigs, I don't get it. So there's but Shengze back here. I, I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about that. So I got yes, pickups for the. I got I get pick, or I got pickups for the Shengze from uh, Nick Bongers Great Lake Custom Pickup or Great Lake Pickups. Yep. Uh, if you're interested, I can give you his contact information. Uh, I've invited him to join the group. I don't know why he hasn't yet. Uh, but anyway, he he made me a set of pickups, and they're dynamite in this guitar. And the Red Unicorn will will ride again. I will play it. Um, yes. It, it, so the, the funny thing, though, is that what I wanted to ask you specifically was pick guard or no pick guard? No pick guard. It's a Shang Zhang. Get rid of it. Get the pick guard off it. Yeah, I think you're It's I, not a Les Paul. Get the pick guard off of it. Play it without the pick card and beat the shit out of this thing because you want this. You want that. That you want that to look like a relic. Um, yeah, I'm gonna uh, beat the hell out of it. I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, it's already relic on the back of the headstock. <laughs> my son was telling me about his acoustic. I said, "Man, that thing's wearing good." He goes, "Yeah, looks I like beat trigger. the hell out of it. <laughs> looks like trigger. <laughs> it does. Pretty soon, there's gonna be a giant hole in the top, and it's a he's, finger rest. He is. He's doing it. He's trying to do the Willie Nelson thing. Something fierce." I said, "Good, good for you, buddy. Keep beating the shit out of it." You see him play a dice on the on the guitar. You know, he's like rolling dice on the guitar. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, now, so um, folks, uh, if you don't know, uh, David bought that Shang Zhe guitar, which was originally Bad Cat Instruments, who went under a couple weeks ago, as far as we can tell. Yep. Um, we covered that. And fall so it's going to be worth like a million dollars in a few years, right? That no, if it's going to be worth, <laughs> it's going to be worth like five dollars. You know, five dollars at the flea market. Uh, oh my god! So actually, many people were buying into my, their stuff. I my parts I are worth were... more than the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's let's look at your numbers now. So um, you put how much money? How much did it cost to begin with? Three hundred and no, it was two seventy five. I think. Well, yeah, you bought the case was what put you over three. Yeah, it was like three hundred twenty dollars or something. So let's say two seventy five. Let's say two seventy, and um, you haven't replaced the bridge yet. No, that's the last piece, and that's going to happen. Yeah, you replace the tuners. The tuners that was seventy bucks. Yep. Uh, 
I think it was like twenty dollars install after mm-hmm. I fucked him up. And then uh <laughs> and then uh let's see what else. The, the tuners, the nut, uh there was this initial setup, so that would have been 120 all told together there. And then there was uh pickups, installation, fifties wiring, because I had that done too. Uh, yeah, which they re- right. they replaced every piece of wire on this thing. Um <laughs> they they pulled the pickups out or they pulled the pickups out. I didn't even get, I didn't even ask for them to be honest with you. And then like the um they put uh all new pots, they put a new jack on it. They put they replaced the switch. Like it's completely new guts. Uh basically yeah. I bought a body and a neck from Shinkzai. Um Yeah. Uh, with a cool logo. Yeah, it has a cool logo. Everybody cool everybody logo. comments that fucking bad cat logo is awesome. That is that is a cool logo. Somebody needs to take that now. Now that they're defunct, somebody should use that. Yeah, bad cat implication should use it. Yeah. They sued him anyway. Yep. Um so the only thing left is the uh the uh, hardware. And I'm gonna I already know what I'm gonna buy. I should have got around to doing it yet. Um and I'm just gonna have it installed. I don't know, I don't even want to dick with it. When it's done, it's gonna be it's gonna be a badass guitar. Like honestly, right now it plays like a seven hundred dollar guitar. So, yeah, it sounds awesome. With the when you with first the bridge, played that thing, yeah. When you first played that thing, it sounded like ass. Just hey, total shit. Jim, you know it'll kill you about that clip you heard. Yeah, it was played to the internal speaker in the katana. Yeah, see that you're gonna <laughs> that's like folks. You need to do a, a um a video where you're shooting it through the uh, Mark Five. What the uh, all the Shigze? Yeah, it's coming. Yes, I may have. I, mean, not, I may have already recorded the footage. May have, may have, mayhaps. So anyway, um, thanks for tuning in. I've been Jim, and I have been David, and this has been the Practical Guitarist. And I didn't know we were ending. So yeah, goodbye, folks. <laughs> Bye.